Hello, everyone. A bit of a technical difficulty with Zoom getting streamed up onto the YouTube, but it looks like we're all good and going live now. So I'm going to kick it over first to Spartan Grown. Thanks, Jack. I'm Spartan Grown. You can find me on Instagram, all one word, Spartan Grown. No spaces, nothing after Spartan Grown. <laughs> Lots of copiers out there. Um, and if you don't do the Instagram, you can shoot me a message on just an email at spartangrown at gmail.com for all of your gardening questions. Or if you have any LED questions, you can shoot those over to me at russ at gmlarmy.com. I'd be happy to help you. We're happy to have you back. I'm just getting my live chat going over here so that we can do a little bit of chat Q&A. So if you do have questions, feel free to go ahead and drop those in the live comments here. We are live on YouTube. I'm going to pass it over next uh, to our only other panelist with us this evening is the American one. Cheers, Tal. Cheers, Jack and uh, Spartan. Always good to see you boys on panel. Good to see everyone in chat. I am the American one on YouTube and the American one underscore with underscore Keens on the IG. Uh, most of you know know me from chats and everywhere and hit me up on the IG if you want anything. And uh, yeah, it's good to be here. It's good to have you back. And um, yeah, just chilling here. We were talking a little bit before the show and I lost track of time and it was like 401 and I went to click go live and then it says you do not have permission to go live, which usually means I get got the little pre-title up uh, a little bit too early, like 10 or 15 minutes before the show goes live. If I do that, sometimes it'll tell me I don't have permission. I have to exit out, rewrite the title and then go live. And sure enough, second time's a charm, but here we are. And uh, yeah, tonight we're going to be taking some chat questions and hopefully answering as many as possible. At the second hour mark, Tao's going to get running, but me and Spartan will hold down the fort and we'll do a little bit of an open panel with whoever likes to jump in at that point. I'll share the Zoom link to join live with us here on YouTube. But uh, yeah, till then, I guess I could pass it first to Tao and ask, uh, what are you smoking on with us tonight and uh, how are things in the garden? I'm... Uh... I'm actually smoking on someone who uh, gifted me something from um, from some from the chats and the and the YouTube shows. Uh, yeah, made vino. This one is, which is uh, very tasty. And someone uh, also sent me a sample of that I that I tried with of something called Humboldt Humboldt Pound Cake. Yeah, Humboldt Pound Cake, which is very tasty and nice nice nugs. Both of them very nice nug form nug formations i would say you know dense not too dense and uh yeah that's what i'm smoking on and my garden is still not up to 100 percent where i would want it to be but it's uh all my plants are happier and uh yeah that's what's happening there i can definitely relate to you on the uh, not where i want it to be i just had to cut one of my plants i said that my project v f2 has sort of become a stress tester and one of them was it just was too far gone after my vacation where i forgot to water it before i left uh being busy with so many other things excited to go see the in-laws and have a little uh holiday vacation but when i got home the one it was just like yeah it was too far gone the the other one has bounced back nicely so i'm gonna go uh something that i haven't done yet maybe uh just one plant in the earth box this time and so i'm gonna veg that one out a little bit longer train it up a little bit I'm fully feeding some amino acids and some like calcium and stuff like that to get it really happy and healthy and uh, probably going to transplant this week for sure. And then uh, hopefully get it to fill out a little bit more of my flower tent and let it rip, see what it can do. I uh, am excited because 
the um, one my neighbor grew that uh, has already flowered smelled really really good despite being tiny uh sun grown here in san diego so i was uh, impressed it had some strong gas to it like a strong almost like gasoline which uh surprised me a little bit being that it was vortex but i don't know if it's just like it knows it's in southern california and needs to bring that gas but definitely some uh, citrus notes <laughs> yeah it's definitely like for me on, on the different like what i've seen in the vortex of, of all the ones i've popped and, and then the project v's as well which are the f2s is i'm seeing a lot of in the in the f1s i've been seeing a lot of either funkiness like rotten just nastiness mango-y like rotten mango or like sugary like sweet citrusy uh really good lemony really i get some lemon phenos too but then in the f2 some of this weird berry stuff has been coming out like when we did the pheno hunt we've been getting a, a lot of them that are smelling berry like which i have no idea where that's coming from <laughs> it's always weird man when uh an f2 you know you can get some of the grandparent genetics that start to spring up and like one out of 16 in the recessive when you look at the punnett squares like the uh big b little b or like eye color is usually a common example, but there's recessive traits that are passed on from grandparent generations and things like that, that start to spring up. And I saw a little bit of that with the velvet punch F2s, not so much in the F3, which is actually kind of cool to see that it does become more stable as you make selections down the line. But I want to take a second to welcome Brandon Russ, who joined us just a few moments after we did our introduction. So cheers, Brandon. Cheers, everybody. I'm Brandon Russ, and one thing that really grinds my gears is raisins and trail mix. I hate the goddamn damn shit it's just a goddamn filler nobody wants raisins and trail mix oh man yeah i think we can all get on that bandwagon i guess some people will say the uh the grape lobby will say uh you know they're good for something i guess but i've never been a huge raisin fan i like actual grapes but something about raisins once it gets to that point uh maybe it's just that big brand that uh i feel like everybody's got that the little lady with like the sun in the background i can't think of whatever the fuck the brand is but uh yeah that that one has never done it for me. So maybe there's other raisins out there that are higher quality. The California raisins, man. I remember them back in the day had commercials and dancing and shit across the screen. They got good Dude, marketing. They, bad raisins were so bad that they spent millions and millions and millions of dollars to make them try to appear good. But raisins are crap. I don't care what anybody says. They package them in those tiny little cardboard bread. box. Raisin bread, different, Cinder different story. Raisin bread, is different story. I like that. Yeah, I like raisin. Yeah, I'll fuck with some raisin there. bread. There you but go. That, that's all sugar, bro. Yeah, that is all sugar, some cinnamon. Uh, yeah, sugar and yeah. spice, everything nice. Carbs are bread. you know going to turn into sugar anyway, so it's just like you're really uh, feeding yourself a bunch of <laughs> you get garbage. Meal. How about an oatmeal raisin God, cookie? Geez, you're not eating an oatmeal raisin cookie, Brandon? Are you? I mean, I love oatmeal raisin cookies. They're so fucking good. I completely uh, derailed the cultivation conversation. <laughs> yeah, but no, I got to get behind. No, this is the no, attack on. No oatmeal raisin cookies. Let's go strictly chocolate, chocolate chip. Just chocolate oh. chip would work. Yeah. I like chocolate chip too, but I'm not going to turn down an oatmeal raisin. I will. <laughs> Brandon is boycotting raisins, and uh, the rest of us, I think, will make up our minds for ourselves. But uh, Brandon, what are you smoking Thank on you. tonight? No one ever says, um, I got them raisin terps. I'll say that. Yeah, right. Um, okay, I've got uh, some Deep Deuce Daryl, which is uh, garlic cookies times 12 monkeys. I'm also smoking on some Gorilla Glue. And I smoked some Lime Rider, uh, which is a 
Afghani bull rider times black lamb reserve. The weed is actually pretty bad. Like it's not, it doesn't smell good. It doesn't have good flavor. It doesn't look good, but it fucking put me to fucking sleep. I smoked it and like 10 minutes later, dude, I took a fucking two hour nap. Sounds like it's some heavy stuff. That's something to hold on to. Hell yeah. You're normally not like a sedating or like indica guy, right? So uh, is the Afghani bull rider typically a little bit on the heavier end? And um, Uh, is it something that you just avoid typically? And maybe that's why it's hitting you harder? Well, so, well, this weed I avoid because it's just not very good. It was just a tester. I grew it out. I was like, ooh, this is fucking mids. Um, And it's not the grower. Because everything else is fire. It's just the weed. The genetics are not, not good on that. It's just, you know, again, it's a tester. Um, but the Afghani bull rider itself, it, it doesn't look that pretty. Um, but it's got that uh, it's got that terpene punch to it where it really kicks you in the face. And it's got the fuck this great flavor. The flavor it, it tastes like you're smoking hash with like w- that's been infused with uh it's, it'd be akin to smoking hookah like it's it's like uh it's like a hashy hookah hit um but the effect is really where it's at on that one it's really really strong so i only smoke it at nighttime um and if i if i smoke it i just i'm too groggy i just get too groggy you know so it's a nighttime thing for me carly sounds loves like, it sounds like good stuff uh, my wife's really into the heavier stuff as well day night or whenever could be uh, right when she wakes up in the morning hitting some heavy ogs and like chems and uh, yeah i even feel like gorilla glue if you take it long can be a little bit on the sedating end but it it's more of a hybrid so for me. good yeah i've got like 50 50 candy terps versus like you know i guess they would be kind of the base of them would be kind of cam gmo gorilla glue limerilla want to give a second for uh, Noah the Grower to go ahead and introduce himself uh, as he just jumped in. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Uh, sorry I'm a little bit late. Uh, yeah, I'm Noah the Grower on Instagram. Just did a post there a couple days ago and happy to be here. It was looking fire, whatever it was. I can't remember exactly. It was looking like a darker one, maybe a purple, uh, super yeah, frosty. Wed- yeah, that's like a wedding cake cross. It's pretty good. Good stuff. I'm smoking some cake crashers tonight mixed with a little sample I got of some Burmese, which was actually some pretty good shit. I got a lot done when you actually come across a sativa that's like a real sativa. That's not like some uh, bullshit fake sativa or sativa hybrid that's like really two indicas that they're just calling sativa hybrid to try and push it in the market. But uh, yeah, this Burmese was got a lot of shit done. <laughs> Clean me and my wife's bongs, the vape, the hose, like all the little components and everything. So I got like a fresh whip all my stuff is uh up to snuff so well you got that focus get focused in on it and just couldn't stop it was uh, one of those things it's just like i had uh my schedule just changed up a little bit recently because uh there was like winter breaks and things like that so I, I worked a lot more than i usually do for a little while and then now i'm working a little bit less than i usually do so it's oh. um i had a day where i don't normally have a big open gap and uh, watched a little bit of football, actually, and uh, nice. unfortunately got to see my family's uh, favorite Cleveland Browns get knocked out of the playoffs. But, oh. Uh, yeah. Unfortunate. They're, in, they're almost never there, so I'm not that upset about it. And most people don't get too much about sports here. And those that it's, do, 
I'm not huge into um sports. I but if I pick one sport, it's gonna be football. And if I'm gonna watch football, I want to watch college football over pros. But I am in Michigan and I am a Lions fan. And just from Michigan to you, Jack, you know, thank God for the Cleveland Browns because otherwise we'd be the worst goddamn team out there. So hey, the Browns never <laughs> went 0 16. I, I did see that 0 16. That's true. Uh, you know, uh, Detroit Lions season. I actually grew up a Packer fan because I was a, a big Favre, Brett Favre fan, and he's kind of fallen greatly from glory. There's a lot of Packer fans here in Michigan, too, because that was the team that's close to us that actually wins. So, but no, Lions yeah. doing good this year. Yeah, they, they kind of bounce back and forth. But uh, getting back on the garden topics, I uh, am excited that my, speaking of bouncing back, my uh, Project V or Vortex F2 is bouncing back for sure. Thankfully, to a lot of uh, good Bokashi Earthworks products, the Amino N Plus, like I mentioned earlier, and uh, probably going to hit it with some Calcil after that as a follow-up. But it's nice to uh, be able to see a plant that was like clearly mistreated and abused starting to bounce you back, should, green up. You can those two together. At the same time? Yeah, because yeah, what will happen is when you have the amino acids with the calcium, you'll get uh, you'll get a... Uh, uh, there's like uh, you get a better transport of uh, calcium across the uh, root. I was even considering. I usually foliar the amino N plus. And um, do you ever foliar the calcio plus? I have, yeah, I have actually. Somebody else told me about it. They're like, oh yeah, I've been using it on my clones, and my clones love it. They pop these huge roots, and I was like, oh, I didn't know that. And uh, so I tried it out. It will leave residue because it's not completely soluble, like something. Like uh, like Epsom salt, for instance, very soluble, won't leave residue. The calcium silica is not, uh, it's not super soluble. It's not as soluble as as uh, some of the other micro, uh, like the. It's not as soluble as like a micronutrient sulfate, for instance. Good stuff. Cheers to uh, our homies listening in Cape Town. Said big ups from Cape Town. Gotta love nice. the uh, shout outs from all over the world. It's always cool to see the international listening. <laughs> Hey, Maybe some I Durban swear. poison. I want some Durban poison from Cape Town, man. Real fucking Durban is the good shit, man. That's uh, I was talking about good sativas, real sativas. That's definitely one of them. That'll help you get some shit done. Good flavor. A lot of uh, modern stuff that is kind of like that. If you can't find real Durban, I feel like uh, oh, I know, true but... Jack Herrera's and sometimes uh, there's a few others. But yeah, Jack is definitely in the same vein for me as a Durban. There's a place in... Ann Arbor, Michigan, called Winewood Organics. I'm shouting them out. Favorite place to go if I got to go somewhere to buy weed. And it's, uh, they have a Durban there and they're a micro business. So they grow it there and they, and it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't leave the building until the customer buys it and walks out with it. So I love that. But yeah, they got a Durban there and it's awesome. But it's like, you got to be good. You got to like go on their website and make sure they got it because. When they harvest it, they don't have it like for a super long time. A lot of people go there for it, I think. Yeah, sometimes uh, the stuff that is really good doesn't stick around, and and uh, you have to wait a little while until the next batch comes through. And especially with like the longer flowering stuff, it's uh, there's only so much of it. I do think that it's worth more per pound if uh, people are willing to grow it. It seems like Aaron the Grower is actually one of those people. I hope he gets back on the show here sometime and uh, talks a little bit about his sort of different methodology because. His fast flowering sounds good. Yeah, I'd love to uh, have him back on at least uh, once here, sometime soon. But uh, 
his what he made a post about like his fast finishers were like nine weekers and that's like a long finisher for a lot of commercial market people and then he had like 11 12 13 maybe even 14 weekers and so that's definitely going against the grain but to stand aside from the rest of the market i think you have to do things differently and sometimes the craft comes not only in cultivation technique and style but in cultivar selection and taking it that extra week two three or four and allowing those you know not only terpenes, but cannabinoids and other minor esters, aldehydes, ketones, flavonoids, all the other things that make a cultivar special shine. And uh, I think few are really doing that. So that might be something to you know explore and talk about with him. I haven't really seen too many questions or copied any over yet. So if you guys do see any, uh, try and copy them into the uh, I was just chat. saying, Dirty was saying, Dirty in chat was saying that he's got some seeds, some Durban seeds. So I was just typing in there that I would be very interested in that. So hopefully he hits me up. Hell, I'll trade you, man. I got all kinds of seeds. I've got some derb lime from AK Bean Brains. And what's uh, the cross on that? Uh, Durbin and shit. I can't fucking remember. <laughs> I was just going through all my seeds too because I was organizing everything. Because I have all, I have a ton of stuff that I've made that I haven't that I also haven't released, and I have you know packages of all the old stuff that I did release, and I had stuff in there that hadn't even been cleaned, so I cleaned everything up because it's been I, I didn't go I didn't go in to to the office yesterday because it's fucking so goddamn cold and shit, and so I was like you know what I'm just gonna chill, and uh, so I went through all my seeds, got everything all fucking packaged up all nice. Started popping, you know, a bunch of the old stuff that I had. What is cold there in Oklahoma? Because I know it's kind of relative. Well, right now it's one degree. I'd say yeah, it's officially it's cold when you're below freezing. Cold. Yeah, it's cold been minus. No where you are, it's minus most of the day here, unfortunately. Minus two, mm. minus three. Because I, I said I was cold to my brother who's in Ohio still, and they are in like the negatives. And I just watched like a Kansas City game the other night, and they're in the negatives too. It was like negative, I think, like 20 or 30 there in Kansas City. And uh, our low was like 44. Yeah, we'll be negative nine tomorrow, I think. I don't miss it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was born in it, raised in Ohio. So I got negative yeah. you know, 15 to negative 50s in the real bad oh, winters. I want to shout out AQ Bean Brains. Because all the gear that I ever grew out from him was solid. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think he has unique, you know, unique stuff. Because from what I understand, for a while, for a long time, it was like just doing his own thing up in Alaska and not really paying attention to much of what was going on in the real world, you know? Quote, it, the it, real world. <laughs> One of the things that I look at is timeline for when a lot of the people's work, like if you, if you look at people's work, the timeline from when they started, uh, what did they have access to? You know what I mean? Per, like, yeah, that's cool things for me. AK Green Banks has stuff that a lot of people didn't have access to just because it's so old. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So he's got original OG genetics. He's got, or not, not like OG Kush, but genetics. But I mean, he's got, you know, OG his like Mantazuma, uh Thunderfuck or whatever. Some people call it Alaska Thunderfuck, MTF yeah, or ATF. Up. 
other things as well, like uh, Willie, Williams yep. Wonder, that's the real deal, shit like that. Old Northern yep. Lights crosses. Yeah. Yep. Good old yep. blueberries. Yep. Yep. PK, NL5 hazes. Yep. So, yeah. I would say. You know, it's cool because there's, I think there's so many people that, uh, that are using the same stuff. And here's the crazy thing, dude. Again, I think we talked about it last week, but that viroid, that more infectious viroid. Uh, man, if everybody's also using the same stuff in their in their lines, that's you know, it it become the older stuff becomes even more increasingly valuable because they have less chance of having been contaminated with fucking the new shit. Yeah, with the new shit. But also, it's all pre cookies, dude. You know too. It's all pre-cookie stuff. I think there's a lot of bottleneck and stuff because all these fucking... Pre-cookies, pre-gelato, <laughs> pre-all that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of the stuff's good. I've got some Joker's candy and some great gas and some, you know, sweet stuff. But it's just not the business, bro. It's not like... It's, it's cool for flavor, for like smoking, but it's just real, real heads no, dude, when it comes to fucking high in effect. I think a lot of people are going back to um, older school genetics and stuff that like before we had 40% THC allegedly type cultivars. And I just saw something that said 85% of stuff in like the California market that gets actually third party tested is over marked on the label, 85%. And only like 12 out of 36 labs now are currently still in operation because like sting operations that have been done to do quality assurance are showing that a lot of them are falsifying their numbers. So in that race to the top, I think a lot of people selected artificially high testing things. Even they might've been 30%, but it was like, oh, maybe it's 35 and we can get to test 40 or something like that. But they're losing a lot of the terps and the other, you know, cannabis, like when you read about it back in the high times, back in the days, they'd talk about how there's 200 or a thousand or however many different chemicals that are making up cannabis. It wasn't just like THC. We focused on THC. That was a big, big part of it. But there's so many other things in there that made these like 15% strains, some of the best smoking, like the shit that'll make you giggle and high for hours and hours. Then I think I, a lot of people, I think, attributed that maybe falsely to, uh, and even myself, maybe lower tolerance when we started smoking. Like, oh, you'll never get highs when you did it for your first time or like back in higher middle school or whatever, even if the weed is like better, uh, so, like, so to speak, with all the cultivation techniques and lighting methods and this and that. But like, I still personally prefer my favorite smoke. Almost all comes from like Humboldt County, Mendo, Sun Grown, Greenhouse. Uh, some of the most terpy, flavorful, enjoyable, unique, different highs. There's, I think, even when we go federal, like, there's no mistake that that area became known for great cannabis. And there's so much to it: the weather, the culture, from like young kids being part of the, you know, weed scene from their parent and their grandparent, and uh, so many amazing people up there from God, like Mean Gene from Mendocino. Uh, Adam at 2020, uh, Nat, Humboldt Seed Company, the Mendo Dope Boys, Green Shock Farms, the list goes on and on and on. There's a legacy, but it's just like that area is also special. Like even the no name, I hate to say it, but like people that like people that aren't aren't even on Instagram or 
people that might be on Instagram but only have like 10 to 200 followers or something like that but they have a little patch or a little greenhouse and a little section and Humboldt or Mendo and they're growing some shit in the sun that's way better than a lot of the stuff that's being marketed on Instagram to hundreds of thousands of followers and hyped in the clubs in LA or wherever and uh, yeah I don't know I think there's a reckoning upon us of brands closing up shop because they can't continue to sell into this really competitive market and then there's some scrappy little groups like Mendo Dope and Green Shock Farms and others that make it work with, you know, the old school methods. So I think that there's something to maybe looking back into pre-cookie genetics and old school ways, sun grown outdoor greenhouse. Some people don't even, you know, some people look at cookie as new genetics <laughs> and people go, wait, you know, people are like, you remember way back to cookies. And it's like, it's not, that's, that's new to a lot of people that have been doing this for a long time. Um, I want to answer a question in the chat real quick. Hillbilly Herb, he asked me if there's any grow tips for my orange dream haze. Is it a big stretcher? The um, yes, it can be. Um, the orange dream haze genetics is not a it's not a haze. There's no haze in it. Um, the orange dream haze was jelly bean from TGA Genetics crossed to Micanopy something. I can't remember the second part of it. That plant. Madness. McNobie Madness, that which was a Florida strain, I guess. And, and um, that strain, Orange Dream Haze, was gifted to me, and I, I used it. I crossed that to my Vortex. And I'm assuming that's what you're talking about, that strain. So that cross, that Vortex cross with that McNobie Madness and, and Jelly Bean, it still can be very orangey, which is cool. It picks up a lot of the citrus, too, from the um, Vortex side. So you get citrus, citrus on both sides. But it, um, I'm growing out actually two of them right now. I have them probably week five, five or six in flower. But they're not they're not um, long flowering strains like you would expect in, in with a name like Orange Dream Haze. That's why I haven't named it yet. I've got a. I'm still like I said. I'm still growing them out and trying to figure out what all's in there so I can come up with a name because I don't want to continue the name of Haze into it because it's not a true Haze. It doesn't. It's not a long flowering. It'll probably go nine weeks on average and um but it is a big vigorous plant that uh, will once you get it into flower it will it will take a lot of food if you want to give it if you want to feed a little heavy it will go ahead and take it and uh, it it builds pretty tight bud sites little bud sites and it builds kind of like the cattail when you look at buds kind of like i call it the cattail kind of style buds well if, if they fill in it's just like one nice bud instead of having the golf balls where they're separate it out so i hope that answered some of your questions there i would I found say, a, i would expect at least a double in stretch if not if not maybe 150 percent, depending on environmentals so i found a post on overgrow and i'm just reading quickly it says uh micanope madness m-i-c-a-n-o-p-y madness uh, okay i was working in florida in the early 90s gainesville to be accurate i had a couple of dates this is a post by green boy b-h-o-y um but they go on to talk about this fantastic weed and they're describing it as the micanopy madness it is insane i don't know if it still exists never came across it again but i sure would love to find it and uh here we go seed finder there's information boom uh it's an australian strain that's what i was gonna say i think it was australian when i heard it initially but it made it to florida 
by fame, but old Australian uh, strain. It says maybe pure Thai, maybe a mix between Thai and Colombian. Shanti Baba is uh, the breeder from Mr. Nice. He worked with Greenhouse Seed Company for a while. And the quote from Shanti Baba says, The seed I used was from original seed grown in northern, north, southwest, uh, or an SW, that might be a part of Australia, sorry, in the late 70s and 80s, of which some was referred to it as Mulumbimbi Madness. So there's a whole bunch of different names, apparently. <laughs> what I considered a Thai-Colombian inbreed line from a fellow grower who had it growing to himself and collected the seed from those places that his travels were um, they're similar viewed as Mullum Madness, so it depends on who you spoke to at the time. To answer the bit about Mullum Bimbi Madness, well, that was one of my strains that I worked in the late 70s and early 80s when I lived in a small village called Main Arm between uh, Byron Bay and Kiago Lismore. This is still Shanti Bob's quote. There was a few legends helping out altogether, and we hit something incredible. I still have that as one of the seed stocks that we grow for personal use. It was basically a three-quarter sativa, which is a huge tree, perfect to grow in that subtropical climate of NSW, North Outdoors. To do this strain inside, you might need height. So going to the point about it, it is stretching and vigorous. That is uh, things that I had heard about in the past that I just wanted to reconfirm there and throw those little notes out there. And that's just from Seed Finder and Shanti Baba, but I find him to be a fairly credible source who's been doing this for, I think, 60 plus years as well. What I liked about um, from the Orange Dream Haze itself, that 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 plant, the mother plant, we'll say of this cross, was um, the high was always like one of those like antidepressant, <clears throat> antidepressant highs. Just made you happy if you were even in a bad mood. It would just like make it, you know, from a fucking terrible eight to a not so bad five. And uh, so it wasn't like a cure by any means, but it was still one of those nice, just chill you out. And then if you're in a good mood already and you smoke it, now you're in a better mood, put some music on. And uh, it's just, it's just great. It's not one of the ones that would be like narcotic and, and making you sleepy or get couch locked. It's like the opposite of all that. But I wouldn't say, it's energetic either. It's just like a mood enhancer. I I get that from some sour diesel. A lot of the sour that I've come across was more uplifting or sativa-esque, but some sours I came across were like pretty heavy on the gas, but like, although it, I'd call it like stimulating more than uplifting, it would like make my like eyes perk up. I don't know if I have astigmatism or if it just like brings out astigmatism in me, but like, some strains make me see like brighter light, like everything looks literally physically brighter, like the TV, the the sun, the light on my ceiling or whatever it is, everything just seems a little bit brighter. And those tend to correspond for me with like really intense feelings of like positivity is like how I would describe it. Like even when you're in a shit ass mood, like Spartan was just describing, it's just like, ah, uh, kind of like, don't worry, be happy starts playing in my fucking head. And it's just like. I just don't give a shit. I look at the bowl and I'm like, well, this is good weed. I'm going to smoke another hit or something and I'll be fine. I'm not going to worry about that little bullshit that didn't really even matter that much to me. Or even if it did mean something, it's like, yeah, it's behind me now. So I'm going to move on and just let it be. And uh, some stuff like that is, it's a powerful tool. That's why I think like it's important that we continue to discuss and celebrate these different genetics that were pre-cookie and aren't just the cookie cutter of like modern gelatos and cakes and uh, things like that. As much as they are fire, 
um, it's important to hang on to like those old school now at this point, old school, like uh, Gorilla Glue, I think is a solid medicine and stuff even pre Gorilla Glue, um, like some of the chems, some of the, uh, you know, I I'm personally a big fan of that haze, actual haze side of things where you're going to take it, you know, 11 week minimum like minimum, minimum, like that'd be the fastest haze you've ever seen. Like I'm thinking 12, 14, maybe in 16 yeah, weeks on some of them. I'm cultivating my way in that direction. I've got, um, I've got all the seeds I need. I just need the, need the will to, to, to cultivate a plant that long. But I have right now I've already popped and I've got little seedlings going of that, uh, that one from DJ short, which is the new berry. So that one's supposed to be more hazy Then after that. I think I'm going to just jump in and, and pop some of those ones I got from Mr. Toad, those haze for days. And I will say uh, those are supposed to go forever. So we'll see if you do actually that. take them long. They tend to reward you with yield. Sorry. Go ahead, Brandon. I have that uh, pack of that too, that haze for days. Yeah. Have you, have you, you got it saved or have you gotten into it? No, I haven't gone into it. Yeah. I keep looking at it. Cause I like you, I went through my seeds not that long ago when I pulled out those Newberry and I saw those sitting there, those Mr. Toad haze for days. I'm like, man, do I want to get into that? <laughs> I want to really bad, but then at the same time, it's like, I got plant count. So if I have a plant that takes up long periods of time, that's where I could have maybe two plants. That's a good point. It might have to yield a significant amount more to make up for those extra couple weeks. And those couple weeks, if it's two weeks and you do four crops a year, that's a full harvest. So on an eight week strain, and that's something to consider a full extra crop versus whatever, you know, extra ounce or two you're getting or, or more, depending on how big you get the plant. It really all just depends um, because sometimes people with plant count do take advantage of those and maybe veg them a little bit bigger and just have like it take up a whole tent or something like that and have like five plants that are all just monsters and like yeah, you only have one finish per month, but like that one's just fucking massive, you know, and it, they don't need to be vegged that long because you flip them and they just stretch like hell and go crazy and will fill out trellis nets and scrogs and fight up through my blue dream, which is like a hazy hybrid. It was a um, super silver haze crossed to, or a Santa Cruz haze uh, crossed to uh, blueberry. And even with the blueberry in there, it still was just unbelievably like four or five times its veg height. And that's like through heavy, high stress training and, and bending low, low stress training and trellis netting it in the way that I was flattening it out, like not letting it just like, you know, get up to it. Like I was fighting it. It broke through like four or five layers <laughs> and just kept fucking going. So some stuff just wants to grow. And you really have to account for that by flipping much earlier, which at that time I did not do. You live and learn, though. I think that's one of the beauties of uh, growing. Somebody could tell you that all day, but until it happens to you, <laughs> you right. won't respect it. Like, and those are the lessons you learn. You know, when you struggle with something, or or if it's even worse, if you lose a plant or you if something really terrible happens, those are the lessons you learn forever. So, I know it's a terrible situation, but I've said this to a lot of growers when they reach out to me about things. I'm like, you know, you know, that we're our worst enemies. We beat ourselves up, and that's what I'll get. I'll get them, you know, projecting and. Uh, and I'll be like, look, guys, settle down, man. You, you just learned a valuable lesson that you guess what? That mistake you're not making again. Guaranteed. You can check that one off. Boom. You, you've you grown as a grower. Now you should be happy. You've learned something and now move on man. get another one and, and just start kicking ass. You know, you're not going to make that mistake. Right. 
So find the next mistake. You don't have to be super, super grower, master grower, whatever. If, if you learn from your mistakes, you're going to do well eventually. I mean, it's guaranteed. And even like if you if your plant doesn't die, you can still get a harvest that, although like it might not be the prettiest or the biggest, it might still be good smoke. Like that blue dream that I grew that was like over vegged and got way too big ended up being terpy as hell and it yielded crazy, even though it looked ugly. It was still one of the better yields I've ever had. And uh, sorry, Tao, go ahead. I know. I was just going to say, I got my buddy, my buddy, well, at the time, <coughs> he had, um, his girlfriend was from Ghana and he went to go visit uh, Africa and he came back with seeds and he gave me the seeds. And dude, it was incredible. The plant in a week went, grew six feet inside without even like trying anything it grew six feet it hit the ceiling i totally knuckled it load like pretty low laid it down pretty hard and again in like three days it was to the ceiling wow it was unbelievable the only mistake i made was not keeping that plan and that i have still have seeds with it of a cross with it in it but I've tried repeatedly and I couldn't get them to grow because this is like a long ass time. That ago. was a land. That sounds like a land race. It makes oh, sense, dude, man, it was because it's like a land race. It, you you it, gave it good soil. It was used to fucking probably right, low I gave it, content and it, it, it's trying to, to grow fast. Yeah, it's trying to use to try to grow fast to outcompete things, and you're just crushing dude, it, giving it water all the time, not droughting it out. This thing was <laughs> and like even even like yeah, I couldn't I couldn't keep it. I, I I did it as long as I could, and the the uh, I saved the stem. I might even still have it somewhere, but it was like a tree. It was literally already like wood. It was amazing. Wow. Yeah, the thing would if it was outside, I can't even imagine how big it would have gotten. I mean, <laughs> yeah, especially if you incredible. could grow it next to a tree or something, and you could right. use the tree it to support incredible, it. Incredible, dude. <laughs> but um, Kyle Kyle breeded it something like that with this Kerala, which is another land race right. from india and he said he like literally laid the pot on its side and had it like growing like down around the side of the tent and, like mm -hmm. basically like spiraling up and it was like i want to say maybe like close to like i don't know 15 or 20 feet by the time it was done with like growing it yep. out it's just such ridiculous percent insane <clears throat> how big some of those plants can get and I, I agree with what spartan is saying when you give it a little bit of fertilizer when it's used to growing when in probably native soils yeah. that are sandy as hell and very little nutrient content and they they get big there in little nutrient content like i've seen videos of those people over there like and a lot of them are giving depending on which country you go to are giving some nutrients but some of these places it's pretty much growing like raw in nature and just doing its thing and still getting huge and healthy so yeah but i don't think there's many of those seeds around like anymore that's what i was saying like yeah i should have you gotta look man save some of them there's people, there's preservationists. Bodhi has his Nairika um, Seed Collective, where that was like a pretty much land race um, preservation. And then there's uh, like, I'm pretty sure World of Seeds does a decent job. They might not uh, be the best group. But there's also like, if you're looking for on the Afghani side, um, there's a few different ones like Baba and Pack Land uh, Race Exchange. There's a few different groups on Instagram that they just one of them recently did a drop of like a whole bunch of different regions or you get like a shirt and a little box set type thing. But um, if you look around, it's just most people don't really. I kind of look at that more as breeding stock for a lot of people. Most people aren't growing that to smoke it raw. Um, it's difficult to handle those plants indoors. And if you're growing right. them outdoors, they might not work with your 
natural climate. Um, so unless you've got a really good light depth greenhouse that's huge and well climate controlled, then you're going to have a really hard time making some of that stuff work. And even then, like Brandon had some struggles with the um, land race from the Ukraine, I think, the basically autoflower. And I think only the males ended up surviving and the females, even like his lightest fertigated uh, soil mix was too hot for them or something like that, if I remember correctly. Yep. Yeah. The, uh, Siberian autumn flowers. Yeah. They wanted to basically not have any nutrients. Uh, as soon as you try to fucking give them a nice, good environment, they were like, yeah, we're out of here. We're dead. It's crazy. Like almost like the ruderalis or ditchweed or whatever the, that stuff was like the feral hemp's and things like that. If you give them any level of nutrient when they're so used to having pretty much nothing, then they just, uh, it's too much for them. I wonder how many generations it would take to like breed that into a modern cultivar to get it to uh, a standard. I think you did some, you, you hit some stuff with that male, the males that you worked with, right? Did anything ever come of those crosses? Uh, um, I, I did it. Uh, let's see, Rillaboo, I think is what I crossed it to. And I was calling it at the time. I was growing those out, a little bit of work with them. Russia would love because it was a Russian Siberian autoflower crossed with Rulagoo, which was from Vegas. And so it made me think of the uh, James Bond theme. Because, you know, he's gambling, he's in Vegas, and there's like a Russian villain. I don't know. It was, uh, I don't know. Uh, not much really came of it. Uh, it got crossed into some other stuff. Uh, but I still have all this, that seed stock. That's one of the coolest things about seeds to me. It's like um, a clone that you can put in the put in the refrigerator, right? It's a clone that you can save to get back to later. Because I mean, I popped really, really old seeds, and they still pop. So depends on how well it's bred, too. Because some of the stuff, it's like suppose, but I don't tend to hold on to shit that's garbage. Or <laughs> try not to. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I think uh, it's having volume is really my counter action to that. So like F2 something that I like if I have like five or 10 of them and then giving myself a hundred or a thousand to look through to find something similar to that. Like one that was really special. I'm like, Oh, I really liked that. And that first five or 10 that I thought like, Oh fuck, I kicked myself for not sour. 76 is one I'm thinking of right now. It was a 1976, like Afghani. I was crossed to, um, sour. I, I ended up thinking it was something else for a long time. And then I ended up looking this up recently and finding out that it was a different, cross um it was a hso tester let me see if i could find the, the cross on it i think it ended up being like a headband uh back cross essentially but it's just og i think yeah and so it was like a gassy um but then there was some actual sour diesel it was like a sour diesel cross to a headband back cross and so i'm calling it like right now is that bliss bud which is sour diesel heavy and i fucking love it it's really good stone and um these they had kind of like the rainbow of citrus. Like I had one that was lemon. I had one that was like tangerine and I had one that was uh, uh, lime. So the uh, structure was pretty solid. They were pretty fast finishing and really solid yield. So that was something that I've, the high was just really uh, strong and long lasting too. A little bit stronger than most of the stuff that I would come across that like tangy is one that I really like the flavor. A lot of people are indifferent about oranges or tangerine stuff, but I think tangy actually has pretty good on the palate flavor but it never got me like even like 
eight out of ten high. It was like seven, seven point five, like seven point seven five. Like never, like I was never like, oh wow, stoned off this tangy. I'd be feeling good, but I was never like, wow, fucking stoned. That sour seventy six, even the tangerine, you know. I took like one or two hits of a bowl, and I was like, holy shit, I didn't finish that bowl, and I'm this high. <laughs> like wow. that's uncommon for me. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, holy shit, like to have that level of potency. And um, I thought maybe it was just because I was not strain tolerant to it, but I smoked like an ounce of it straight to the face and same thing the whole way through. It was just one of those things that had maybe that underlying Afghani. And I think the headband now, I used to think it was a sour diesel cross to like a Calio, and that's where the orange and stuff was coming from. But uh, I'll have to try and find it while we talk about some other stuff and figure out what the actual cross was. But it, it was super fire. I really agree with you, though, with your point on on popping that if you have the ability to pop a little bit more to, to really hunt down the phenos, because I mean, a great example for me in my own, in my own life is with Spartan, the Spartan puke that I made, which was just Donnie burger to vortex. And I'd grown, I don't know, probably a 10 packish worth of them myself before we popped them over at the trichome forge. And over there, we ended up with like 28 phenos that we ended up flowering out. And I could tell, like, what I thought I had found in my little pheno hunt at home wasn't anything of what the full expression was that I saw once I got to see 28 of them. And I could walk into that room at the end, and, and by the end, I pointed out three of them. It was like, we just keep these three, we can just cut everything else, because there was, like, I'd seen so many different pheno, and not phenos, but so many different females by that time, I could see that those three stood out like a lot, but I would, I didn't, wouldn't be able to do that. Well, I mean, if I was lucky enough to get one of those ones, I'm sure that would have seen it. Cause it's, they're just, I mean, when you look at plants that are similar, but they stand out like 10 times better next to each other, you can, I mean, it's like, okay, that's the one. <laughs> so, uh, the downside is the one that I like the best was like the stupid frostiest and everything. And looked awesome. Just didn't have much for smell as far as terps. But I still wanted to keep it because the male that I've got selected is super terpy. It smells like a straight onion. So I was like, you know what? Terps aren't really something that I'm really looking for in the female. So maybe I can, uh, I don't know how that works. I don't know if that works that way as far as where the terpenes are you know, in the DNA mix up where that's decided, but I, I, I'm thinking maybe I can just rely on the male for the Terps. Hit those two together for some, for some F2s of the Spartan Pukes. But uh, I had the three that we're going to be smoking and trying out. And my plan is, is to take a clone of the, I'm going to narrow that three down to one and then hit that to the male that I've already got saved. And those will be the F2s. I think, uh, it's it's just hard to uh, for some people to commit to making any amount of seed, even a small, like collecting one little branch of pollen and then like sprinkling that around. I think people, it's hard for them to get over the idea of like having seeds in their bud. And um, I think if you're going to do it, you might as well just do like a run and fully commit to it and get like a few hundred or a thousand. If something that you're really interested, just be like, all right, I've gotten a flower banked up. You know, I've got my home grow dialed in and I've nailed it three or four times in a row. I've got a nice little selection and variety. Now I'm going to take a few that I really like and mix them together, you know, even if it's just like one to the F2 or this one to that other one that you like, 
and see what you get from it. Because when you have a hundred or a thousand, you don't worry about popping 15, 20, 30, hundred, you know, however many and figuring out like, oh, this one's really fucking ripping in veg or like this one already is frosty from a seedling or like this one's showing, uh, you know, color even sometimes early on, like, and some people like that. Some people don't like that, but there's a whole bunch of different things and like keeping as many as you can for as long as you can. Cause I think the final smoke is one of the most, uh, important things personally as like uh, somebody who comes from this typically from the medical side of things but mm -hmm. everybody selects for different reasons so i think uh select for whatever you really enjoy but when you have hundreds it's a lot easier than when you have like a five pack or a ten pack so i think everybody here has made seeds in the group right now maybe i don't know no other girl have you ever made seeds yet no 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 Noah's the uh, the one we'll have to crack that nut someday. Get you well, in, in uh, one of your I've, breeding I've made seeds on accident, like you know, Aphrodite. I had that happen to me once. I had a Did cut. you grow any of them out? I've given them out, and no, I didn't. Um, I, I I have some. I kept some. It was actually two pretty good crosses, but uh, it was like uh, Zookies and like Obama Kush. So the Obama Kush just hurt him really bad, and. Um, uh, a buddy of mine, he also had the clone. I told him off the bat, I was like, dude, don't grow that. That's going to hurt him. He's like, oh, no, man, I'm good. It, it, it hurt him, too. So the weed was really good. It just, you know, it had seeds on it and shit. But, uh, I mean, he had quite a few big, fat, mature seeds. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, yeah. But, uh, I think sometimes yeah. the best weed is seeded. Maybe I'm just, like, uh, blinded by my own, you know, making them. But some of the most high I ever got was off seeded bud back in the day. And also, I think uh, when you take two really good plants and cross them together, sometimes the seeded bud that comes from it is fire. I'm curious if you grew out the crosses of that, if you have like, because GG4 was a product of that, right? Sure. So Zuki's Obama Kush, it could be like the the next, you know, diamond in the rough. You uh, never know. That's how OG Kush was made. It was the Emerald Triangle herming onto a Hindu Kush. That's how Chem 91 presumably was made because the dog bud was just a bag seed uh, from, you know, Chem 91 was a bag seed from dog bud, some Grateful Dead show. And uh, everything that he popped was female. So it's very likely that it was Herm, not... He said that he killed a male, but being like that he was 17 when he popped him in 91, that was potentially maybe a misidentification. Um, sometimes there's that undifferentiated growth that I like to talk about. It's covered in marijuana botany and uh, Mean Gene Mendocino's made a good post about it. But it's, uh, I think, likely. Cookies is another example of Hermbud that ended up being pretty good stuff. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of, I think, examples at this point. But there's also been some pretty fire stuff that's been selectively bred, whether it's Vortex, Jack the Ripper, Donnie Burger. Um, those are male to female crosses that were done with intentionality and specific kind of hopes and goals and i think sometimes when you do that a lot of people knock it out of the park when they put the years and dedication and passion even like uh brandon's old style where he'd grow stuff too long in flower like how he did with the lamarilla and basically take some of the pollen from like a 10 12 13 week plant that was supposed to be harvested at week 10 and then brush that onto another plant that he likes and Lamarilla, I think, has been a killer plant for ever since in the inception. So it's a, a strategy that can work out. I'll be releasing pure Lamarilla soon.
maybe, I don't know, three months, four months. Um, and speaking of Kim, uh, he, but Mike actually hit me up and, uh, was like, you know, I'm going to the farm on Friday. If you've never grown it, um, I'll send you a cut. She's, uh, she's real special. He said it's a little bit finicky, but, uh, yeah, so I'm stoked. I'm going to have Kim D in my uh, garden here soon. That's really super cool. I, I remember growing, I mean, like I've said, like anything, I guess, chem dog that was told, I was told it was chem dog. Who knows if it was, but for me, the best looking weed I ever grew as far as like just frosty that you knew when you looked at it, that it was just so dank. And then the smell was so fucking like strong fill a room kind of a stench. But for me, I could never, uh, it was earlier in my uh, career. I could never get it to yield worth a damn. And, uh, of course it was super popular with the patients. So I was like, I just couldn't get it to work in my system for me. So I let that one go myself and been kicking myself a little bit for that. Cause it was always really, I mean, probably some of the best looking weed that I've grown, I can say was chem D and I didn't grow it for more than maybe a year. I'm excited to see, you know, how it does. It's the backbone, I, would, I think, to I a lot try of... try to get that shit tissue cultured if I could. You know what I mean? That'd be what I'd be trying to get that thing, like, tissue cultured back to the... And try to get, you know, the bigger back. Maybe that's just, you know, some of these old strains. Aren't always could be carrying some conditions. hop latent thyroid or other stuff. That's just slowing it down. I've heard putting it in the sunshine for a little while can also help uh, get it back to more vigor than potentially it's having. I've, I've yeah, you know what I like to do is I take all my mom's because I don't have a whole lot of veg space. I, I've got plenty of space for my flower room. Um, so I will take clones and then, you know, I'll flower out what, you know, my, my small mom and then I'll you know, keep doing that. But I'll take those, put them outside, get them super healthy, give them lots of beneficial microbes and they just have maximum health and the bright ass sun and then clone from really good healthy material that's definitely a good way to go about doing it the strain i was talking about earlier california sour diesel is sour diesel bx3 crossed with headband so all of that was crossed to uh old school afghani that they called 1976 afghani so um it was some really fire shit but, but that sounds like a fire cross too and uh you want to excited that you're getting range so headband is is OG Kush and Sour Diesel, right? But also Sour OG is OG Kush and Sour Diesel. But Sour OG is definitely not headband. Yeah, I mean the two two parents can combine with the same exact crosses and make a different offspring, uh, depending on who made it and when. And there's also different um, arguments to be made about what headband actually is. Some people say that it is what you just said, and some people have other um, thoughts about what headband might be. So there's some conjecture. And I think that the term headband makes it even more confusing because there's a lot of cannabis that people may have tried or experienced where they smoke it and they start to feel like this tight band starts to almost feel like it's forming like you're wearing an actual headband. And I don't think that 
that's unique to the strain headband by any means. So a phenomenon like that can, or some people will also describe it as feeling like they're wearing a hat, like a tight cap on their head. And I think that um, with that being known, that wouldn't be crazy for me to think that multiple people named multiple strains headband based off of certain people experiencing that effect. I think that's definitely plausible people name strange and rename strains and everything else <laughs> a lot of the guys i roll with like the sour og that is in like the little circle that i'm in around here is probably a different sour og than brandon's working with and then there's some other guy who's in the chat right now who's got a sour og it's probably a completely different thing and um there's just so much diversity and like everybody that i work with here not a single one of them is on instagram or any of the social medias. They're just doing their own thing like they've been doing for the past, you know, however many decade plus, you know, some multiple, like the one dude's three, four decades in. And it's just, uh, you never even know where sometimes this genetic material is coming from with these guys because uh, like what they find credible or interesting and what they want to source is so different than a lot of what the current market and trends and things are doing. Like they don't ever go to shops. <laughs> they don't, look online about this shit like this is just a they've had their little group that they serve for however many years and it just works people figure out like oh i like this i like that and can i get more of that but yeah it's a kind of a fascinating we're such a like segmented community in a way like there's so many little circles within this big giant circle of cannabis that's that... why i hope there's still some real land races that people think are extinct there's some like small family in the woods somewhere that grows the shit that no one really realized that they're still growing it. I think it's out there for sure. I mean, anything and everything under the sun and then the combinations of which like, and, and Spartans mentioned like as many combinations as there are people, there's that many or more of cannabis. Cause like I, as one person can make multiple strips of my lifetime i choose to like work one every couple of years like and some people put out 20 30 a year and there's no right way of going about it but it just shows that like the diversity of a plant that you can breed thousands of seeds across many different like theoretically you could breed one male to like a hundred plus females in a single breeding selection and do that five times a year and have 500 plus new strains for market every single year and like there are people out there that aren't quite at that pace, but uh, it seems like they're trying for it, if you know what I'm saying. And it just allows people access, which I actually think is a great thing in some regards, to any combination of things. There is some bottlenecking that goes along with it. Uh, some suck its hype, and so it's like runts or Oreos or whatever, uh, you know, permanent marker uh, is the new hype train thing. But then like, You've got your AK Breen brains who's just over there doing his own thing. And like me and Brandon and like being Doja, like a lot of these uh, or Doja DNA, like there are people that are interested in different things. And there are land race people out there for sure. Kyle Breeder was that when, when he first started was really trying to go down that heavy land race path. But I think he went more uh, into the hybrids to make them tameable for people to grow because he realized you can't grow a 20 foot tall plant in a, five foot tall grow tent you've got to hybridize it some amount to make it feasible and like even the some of the hazes are cut down a lot from what they initially were so 
Uh, Tao has uh, let me know before the show that he does got to get going to the one hour mark. So Tao, I want to let you get your final thoughts and shout outs before you get running. Yeah, I just want to say, yeah, it's always, that's why starting seed is always great, I think, because you never know what's going to pop. You never know what you're going to get. And it could be something really uh, unique, which is always awesome. But yeah, I'm the American one. Most of you know me. And uh, <clears throat> the American one underscore with underscore Keens over on the IG. And uh, yeah, it's always good hanging out with you boys on the panel and everyone in chat. And uh, hopefully I'll be seeing you next week. Uh, have a great week, everyone. Peace out. Peace out. Great having you, Cheers. Grows well. Later, man. Before I shoot the link to the chat, because I did say Q&A, we did get a question that Spartan very courteously copied over to the Zoom for me because I sometimes try and look back and forth and I end up not... There's like a lot of commentary going on. Sometimes there aren't questions, but... Uh, I'm going to mess up this person's name, but uh, the question is, what sort of nutrient slash supplement additives are safe to keep an aerated reservoir? And what sorts of stuff uh, should I water in on top and not via the reservoir? So I'll pass that to the uh, Spartan first. You're muted. I was really, I was just saying, sorry. This is one of those questions that it like I need to ask a hundred questions to try to get my answer <laughs> kind of thing because it's so situational. Um, but generally speaking, I can say that it's usually not a great idea to um, try to run anything hydroponic, anything organic. Not any. This is very general terms because there's a plenty of examples that you can do this, but. It's generally not a great idea to run organic, especially really heavy organic or thick organic things through feeding tubes without something. And even if you, even if you, usually the things that they recommend to run through to keep those emitters clean and everything is going to kill a lot of the organics that you're trying to, I mean, you're going to get the nutrition, but it's going to kill any of the biologicals probably with whatever they're i mean usually it's some kind of a cleaning agent so it's like you're spending a lot of money buying products to to you know make them less effective than if you would just hand water them in or find a, a different solution and maybe that might just be bigger emitters or uh bigger tubing or i don't know what how exactly you're doing it it's just as an aerated reservoir so i'm not sure if you just Maybe you're just hand feeding with that and that still works, but what sort of nutrients and supplements additives are safe to keep in it? Yeah, <laughs> that's a hard question because see the way that I like to, to grow organically is I like to top dress dry amendments because dry amendments have high shelf lives and, uh, and then just water and water most of the time. And the only thing I'm adding to my water, I guess one of the things I can agree with is like some kind of uh, a biological, like a, a, a microbe source. Um, and there's a billion out there. So, I mean, I don't really want to recommend one over another. I'm right now using, uh, oh, what is it even called? I can't remember. I've got it over here. I don't know. I've got a flyer over here, but like recharge is one that I've used a lot that I like a lot. Um, but any, any kind of a biologicals, I think a good one to add once a week or once every two weeks. Um, 
there's a lot of stuff that you can add and it's good if you're feeding through a, a hose and you, and you and you have all the right equipment um but i tend to in, in in my style and i try to make things easy for myself as a gardener i tend to just do all that dry amendments that i can and the only thing i'm really adding in the water is like a biological or <laughs> one of brandon's uh nutrients uh his carbon-based nutrients if i'm trying to address a a nutrient deficiency because um if you are adding dry amendments they're slow to for the plant to be able to uptake all that so a way around that is i i use uh brandon's hack <laughs> and that's to use his uh, carbon-based nutrients to uh, address any of my nutrient concerns and then if it's even worse i mean e even more of a dire situation than I could do a full year spray, but I still am I'm avoiding as you, as you see all these examples, I'm avoiding putting it in a reservoir, letting it stay, you know, stagnant, or even though it's being aerated, that aeration is you generally bringing warm air from your room into there and warming up that water. It's just a lot of things I'm not fans of. A lot of factors to consider because it can easily go south if you're not on top of everything, if it gets a little too warm, if there's a little bit too much biological action going on in that res, you can start to get algaes and other slimes and biofilms building up in your lines and your reservoir. And you can just become something that you're fighting, doing a whole bunch of cleaning more often than you'd want to versus if maybe you just top watered it in, even with like a synganic system where you're giving some hydroponic nutrients and just clean water through a line. Um, maybe you want to give your compost tea a little bit like once a week week through a uh, you know top watering and that's something that i was doing when i was growing in cocoa is i'd mix it up with you know just give it a little bit of a extra i think those microbes help uh make everything more available and just give it better plant healthiness and maybe add increase a little bit of the terp production potentially having some more biological activity going on within the soil so i feel like when i did it versus when i didn't do it even with the same strains uh, i noticed a little bit more uh terp production and aromatic activity coming off the plant. So maybe it's just in my own head, but I do think that there's some benefit to the biologicals, even in a quote unquote hydroponic system. Oh, I agree. I've been using um, that product. I couldn't remember. I just went and looked. It's called microbial mass and they're originally out of Canada and they're starting to branch into the United States now, I believe. But um, Colin Bell from Mammoth Microbes is working with them now. So I thought that was really interesting. That's what turned me on to them and their product. I'd heard about it from my Canadian grow homies. I see a lot of them. It's pretty popular up there, so it must be doing some pretty good stuff for them. Yeah, they they were awesome enough to send me a bottle, and uh, and I got one over at the Tricone Forge, too. So I'm running it in organics, and then we'll see what it does for synthetics as well. What's the, um, what kind of, biological is it one second i'll get the, i got the flyer right here <laughs> always interesting to know uh sometimes there's competitive options maybe brandon ross even carries one but not to uh sell out just for the uh because earth works only but i think there's a lot of products it's it's doing the i think you have the oh, effect the where it, it focuses on you but it it kind of blurs everything else all right uh, let me see if it gives me an actual name of a organism. 
it's saying how that it's one thing that I thought was one thing I thought was very impressive here is how it says that it's actually it, it works and it's compatible with other ingredients like hydrogen peroxide, hypochlorous acid, citric acid, phosphoric acid, potassium oxide, all of these chemicals that are used in cleaning or keeping the lines clean in hydroponics on the salt side of things. And uh, when we interviewed, we interviewed him on the Let's Be Bud show. And uh, I asked them about that, how that happened, how that, how that is, you know, possible. And it's basically they're in the spore form. So they're pretty durable at that point. And I thought, well, that's pretty cool. And that makes it a long shelf life on it too, I guess. Okay. Pretty cool. Yeah. Are you familiar not... at all with this uh, product, Brandon? Uh, you're kind of our resident microbe person. So I figured I'd, uh, toss it over to you and, and see if you have any thoughts or experiences with that product or if you haven't heard of it or which like one that. microbial mass oh uh i've heard of it but i have my own consortium that i use you know that i manufacture here in oklahoma so that's what i use for uh, that's what i use for my uh bi-weekly inoculations and then any of the other type of uh, microbes that I use, I use spore concentrate. So I'll have like the Bacillus, Subtilis, Trichoderma, I have Bavaria balsiana, Meditarharzanium. I've got the, you know, specific spores that are like not pre-blended or anything. Um, that's kind of what I'm using, you know, for any of the biological sure. prop stuff. I think uh, Oki Grower might be using some of the uh, Bokashi Earthworks products on his card and is looking absolutely fantastic right now. Some giant colas just throwing down, filling up this trellis very nicely. Lots of uh, big, juicy tops. How's it going, Oki Grower? Looking good over there. Pretty good. How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Doing well. Good to have you. Brandon yeah, Weston. this week seven here. Oh, seven. Uh, two blueberry squealers. That's a blueberry squealer. This is a rainbow sherbert. Man, she's got tons of those pistols shooting out still. How is uh, that one smelling? Rainbow uh, sherbert. Um, let's see. Like Skittles right now, really. Real fruity. Yeah, I like Rainbow Sherbet. It's uh, definitely a terpy one. Pretty good high in my experience, too. I, I like that one a lot. And these blueberry squealer just smell like blueberry candy. Real fruity, real blueberry. Yeah, using the uh, humates from Bokashi Earthworks. Two sip containers. Nice. So you got two plants in one and one in the other. Yeah. Does that one on the left drink a lot more? Because there's the two plants? Or are they still drinking about yeah, it? Yeah, they dry up probably about a day or about a half a day earlier. Makes sense. More root mass. Uh, two plants are much 
more capable of taking it up, but it seems like the one on the right's holding its own. They uh, all kind of shared the space pretty well. Yeah, you filled that tent nice, man. Looks like you're going to have a nice harvest. Yeah, thank you. Isn't this your first yeah, it one? Should in the be new good. Setup? Yeah, it's the first grow in the new tent here. Absolutely smashing it. First run out. Turns out tents uh, aren't too bad. I think a lot of people are averse to them for one reason or another. But uh, if you get the right size and you set up your lights properly, you can. Uh, it's a good way you to do get... first run and grow some dank, big, juicy, healthy colas. You get some of the best use out of your light with a tent, though. They put those reflective walls so close that it kind of bounces the light back into the plant a lot more than an open room would. Yeah, and I got 400 watts and a little bit bigger than a 2 by 4 so I'm definitely getting plenty of light. Definitely. Well, you can tell just by the buds, man. Yeah. They're doing good. It's like... I don't think you're going to be unhappy with this crop. I'll say that for sure. I think uh, this is going to be uh, a good first benchmark for you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I just hop on and show the little tent real quick. It's looking great. Uh, Brandon showed his off but I, I was i only had his spotlighted for a second so brandon if you want to pop back in there you could walk us around a little bit and uh, tell us what you're showing us oh i left i left the garden it's freezing in there uh the so i have a i think it's like a 14 uh 14,000 btu uh room ac and and heater and it's like the ac i mean the the heater Did he cut out? I think he did. I don't know. I was yeah, like, is I think it so. me? I saw Spartan is still moving. I can hear Noah. I think Brandon might have uh, lost his connection there for a bit. Brandon, you still with us? Yeah, can you hear me? can hear you now. There we go. Oh. Yeah, I was just saying that it's really cold out. My my uh, heater, that it's a heater uh, AC unit, all-in-one. Uh, but uh, it's just it's not keeping it warm enough in there. So I, it's only like 60 degrees in my flower room right now, which is a little too low. It's going to oh. suffer for the next couple of days, but there's nothing I can do. But I didn't want to keep hanging out in there. Cold. Dude, get in there and start doing some push-ups, bro. Fucking heat it up with your uh, manpower. <laughs> start sweating. <laughs> uh, get it get a little, little, uh... little space heater, a little, little small space heater thrown in there. Yeah, I threw a little space heater in there because it was running at like 45. And I put a little space heater in there. And now, you know, with the lights on and the space heater, it'll get up to about 60. Nice. Uh, so it, it's okay. <laughs> so they'll just slow down a little bit. There, yeah, it sucks because they're like an optimal, you know, growth stage. They're at, you know, day 31 today. So, uh, sucks. But what can you do? Nothing about that level of cold. I mean, unless you move the grow inside of your actual living quarters and heat it up to like your livable i think oaky grow is that how you're handling it are you in is your grow inside of like the same area that you live in no nah, it's in my bedroom so i don't really have any problem with heating that's what i'm 
So it sounds like Brandon might be doing it in a separate, like a garage or a shed or somewhere outside of where he um, lives. Yeah. Yeah. I put in, I, I put insulation uh, in drywall and everything, but it does have a very cold cement slab. Uh, and may, I could probably insulate the, uh, the roof a little bit better. That might help. Is the heat pump just chilling outside or do you got some kind of a box around it? No, no, no. So it's not, uh, it's not that type of AC unit. It is a, it's one of those portable ones with the, with the tube, you know, oh. so I have a short tube on it and it just blasts all of the exhaust. Oh, okay. Through a little flange that opens and closes when it's on. And, uh, but it's just not powerful enough, I guess. It's just too cold right now. And so, yeah, I put a little space heater in there and my plants aren't going to die, but the, you know, it's going to, it's going to affect it. You know, you get some purple weed, man. <laughs> yeah. 60 yeah. is definitely suboptimal for ideal plant growth, but they will definitely get super purple and they'll, they'll survive. I saw Miss Nudie had plants grown in Canada, literally like survived multiple snows and it took like a couple freezes, like hard, like rained and then froze them to like kill some of these plants. And like, these are like Mexican bag seed that like they had some friends bring back home for them. So it was like not even the most acclimated plant by any means, but it's hardy and resilient up to a point. Um, but I definitely think it'll unfortunately hurt yield, but you'll get some really pretty, uh, usually frosty purple buds in that type of weather or uh, temperature. Yeah, be worried about like hum your humidity staying pretty low too because of the cold temperatures. I'd be worried about that too. Well, yeah, actually, it usually I'd gets dry. Have, I'd rather have it gets dry. cold. I'd rather dry than a bunch of humid and cold. I guess. I guess. Yeah, yeah. You don't want that. It's real dry. So one of the things is, dude. You know, I don't have to do much. I watered yesterday. I don't have to water my beds every day. So I just went in there, checked, see, you know, what the temperatures were, and then I did have to add more water. To the five gallon, so I have a five gallon jug. If you guys look, have seen my profile page, you can see I use this little room humidifier. It works pretty good, you know. Um, it's not, I, I could probably add another one and it would be even more efficient, but uh, it works well for the purpose unless we're having extremes in weather. So it's just running constantly right now because it's dry. So it's staying, you know, about 40, yeah, I think, 45. I think it's harder for the air to hold humidity when it's colder like i think yeah. physically like it's harder um just like a physics thing and so typically like to a point where it's like most of these devices for like, like wine fridges humidors curador type whatever products if it keeps a temperature at like 60 degrees it, it is almost always around 60 percent humidity just being like a sealed up space at that temperature and as you drop it down all the way down to like fridge temps like your fridge is usually 30 like whatever degrees and uh 30 percent humidity like if you put your hygrometer in there they're almost always going to be right about the same uh, and there's different little shelves and things that you can close up to get more or less humidity depending on how far away it is from the actual unit that basically cools the fridge i even saw one in a hotel recently where the fridge basically had no cooling at all it was just the, and I think a lot of them are built this way. It's just the freezer, but then this one literally just had like a few vents that like the coolness from the freezer dropped down into the fridge. So that was the only way to cool the fridge off. I was like, that's kind of a interesting 
design choice to go about, but uh, I think a lot of them are manufactured that way at this point. So, so always uh, interesting trying to figure out what the best avenue is to keep the temperature humidity as close to ideal as possible and knowing that unfortunately sometimes when it's one or negative degrees your plants will be happy just to be at 60 you know not at that outside temperature so it could be a lot worse for sure what's the uh, coldest uh harvest that your plants have made it through over there in michigan spartan Hmm. I don't know. I never got, I never let it get to the snow. I never got to that point. Uh, I didn't want to deal with, I don't like the cold myself. I mean, this blizzard that we just had or whatever storm that went through here this weekend, I just stayed inside. Fuck it. I'm not leaving. I'm just going to stay in the house and I'm chilling until this thing blows down, goes down the street and, uh, I'll deal with it when it, uh, when I have to leave the house. But until then, maybe it'll get warmed up. And it'll melt. I don't know. We'll see. That's my opinion with that kind of stuff. <laughs> but my plants, I get them down before, you know, I get them down in the fall. I don't, maybe, let me see. Never to December. I've never taken a plant to December. I've definitely had them into November. So I would say November. But early November, first week of November. Yeah, I think a lot of people... Try and get them down in the October range, but sometimes the plants just don't cooperate. And if you can, then uh, you can, you know, push it as long as you need to, I guess. Unless there's like imminent rain or a freeze coming, that I mean, even like to some extent, I, I saw somebody who had snow coming. I was like, dude, just make fresh frozen. <laughs> like you're gonna be fine. Like uh, chop it down, throw it in some bags, and uh, you know, shake off most exactly. of the snow if you can. But we do have uh, Smot Poker and Crispy Wannabe joining us here. So I wanted to say cheers, Smot. Welcome in. Cheers, cheers Don. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, man. You sound good. Sound good? Uh, Garden looks good. Cool. Yeah, we, we had these plants, and I seen someone in the in the chat talking about this ghost train haze. And I figured, what the hell, I'd come on, say hi, and show the plants. We got one of those ghost train haze, and we really liked it before we grew it again. It's the one in the back over here. They're really tall. These got flipped on Festivus, the 23rd, December. Nice. Nice. They're going to be like 18 inches long, you know? Are those are those um, photo period? Yeah. They had purple stems real bad, too. And uh, we were talking about Brandon Russ. Let me see if I can show them to you. Hey, can you see that? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep, you got like stripes going through the main stalk. Yep, and all the leaves have red stem. Yep, everywhere that it's facing the LED. We were kind of bullshitting about this, and was it anthocyanins? Was it a deficiency? I know a little bit. That might help, and then also uh, try to increase your calcium levels. What was the first part, Brandon? It kind of cut out for me. He's at oh, your PPFD is at twelve hundred. That's way too high. It's only sixty percent, but my my average shouldn't be that high based on my meter. It's a little high on that one, but yeah, I mean, I have a six hundred and forty watt light that I run over a three by three bed, and I only run it at 
I mean, I started off at about 30%, and I usually don't ramp past about 60% on it. I think a lot yeah. of people are over are overrunning their lights. <clears throat> um, but also, uh, I think you might need to just push your calcium a little bit more. That could probably pick that up. We're going to get the meter out here and see what she says. <clears throat> I got some other plants here I'll show you, too. They're Brandon, just... Um, Brandon, are you saying to use more CalMag? Is that what you're telling them? Um, I, well, here's the thing. So calcium and magnesium are both essential, and you need them. Uh, calcium is more than even nitrogen, you know? Yeah. So Let's you should be later. running pretty high all the way through, and, you know, if you're running calcium high, you might antagonize magnesium, so you might need to be adding it, and that's why I recommend uh, doing the, the spray application. Yeah, turn them down a little bit, see what happens. What's the, that's a good I tip. Yeah, you could do a full year. Cal mag. Yep. I got okay. one ready. Here's my cow mag for you. These ones here had the cow mag ripple. See it right there on this little bit. And that there was uh, this one other one here had a little bit I of cow mag. I think that's usually due to uh, nitrogen, like too high of nitrogen, is usually when you get the crippling leaves, or it's usually a pH. PH is a little off. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the light is one of the big thing that I've noticed is a lot of people I think are just running, running them too, too, too high. These are our New Year's growth plants. These are in cocoa. Uh, we dropped these on when the ball dropped on New Year's there with Doc MJ and them guys at the, at the on our show for the uh, – for the new year at the cocoa for cannabis new year's growth house. So there's two weeks today. I started them in these cups. I soaked them for about 15 hours and then tossed them in there. We got some baked apple, banana kush, and then two strains. We want, we won at the grow room 420 show octane fire OG and white fire gelato. And, uh, and then we have two more baked out or another baked apple and banana kush. Um, those are from the homegrown seed company. Uh, we've grown some other of their stuff. It, it's pretty, pretty, pretty good. We get almost a hundred percent germination. So, uh, I'm not like, uh, always like when that happens for me, you know, I like to tell other people. You popped all six of those at the same time. Yeah. That's yep. crazy. That is crazy. That how wild that look how different, how big different that is. That's great. Look at that. Yeah. We dropped all these live on our show on on midnight when the ball dropped, and they are bigger. This and is why I two... pop like. Go ahead, sorry. I'm just say these two and these two are the exact same strains from the and same seed pack. <clears throat> this is why I pop like fifteen of whatever strain I'm trying to hunt through because like you'll find like two, three, or four of them. I really like the diamonds you know like they're just shining above everything else and a couple of them are like average and then there's a, a runt in every litter it seems like you know there's just like sometimes they have that one that just doesn't want to grow as fast or as pretty as the rest of them or it's a little finicky on the nutrients or the lighting or whatever it is so it's it's uh i always love to have more if not possible to look through and uh, a lot of places if you look at your local laws if you choose to follow those and uh you can get away with plants underneath a certain height or before they show sex and uh like in michigan if they don't have roots on a cutting and things like that so there's ways to play around with it a little bit looks like we're getting some uh pp 
EFD meter readings here from uh, Smot, looking like between the 500 to 800 range. I've been seeing, looks like uh, 745, 746, 830 there, 875. Let uh, me turn my phone here. Thanks to my wife for coming in and telling me, turn your phone, turn your phone. Uh, I'm going to try to get a... But it actually looks fine. I'm going to try to get you guys to be able to see the readings as I re as I go to them. This oh, girl yeah, here is probably going to be reading a little higher on this girl. Almost a thousand at the peak, I think, was the, the highest I saw. I try not to push them. I don't, I don't particularly believe that, Brandon. That it's, I'm not sure where they get that. I'm not no math guy, but I know how to read this meter here. This is kind of what I've been going by. But I they recommend the hanging height. I think is is lower than you. Yeah. Would, you know what I'm saying? I agree. Yep. Doc was here. He'd be able to explain it to me a little better, you know. But I don't. I'm not sure what that's going. What's going on there? This. This is kind of what I use, man. See if I can't get that. No, I think you're doing it the right way. You're probably getting a more even spread. And instead of like, you know, jamming it at like the maximum efficiency or the closest distance possible, like you're not doing like a rack to grow. So in this right. case, you're getting good even spread. You're not over pushing them. And uh, I think that most, they're looking good. This little thing was hiding in there, man. <laughs> it, I can't never kill them, Jack. You said you, you grow like 15 plants. <laughs> so you can go through well if we pop if we pop a couple extra ones to hedge our bets so that we know that they're all the same age and they'll be at the same stage of growth and and shit you know uh we always say well, we'll just get rid of the ones we don't want and guess what they get jammed in the corner and we just kind of want to see what they do but it, it's fun you know i just fed one to a cat so uh, you could feed them to the cat <laughs> and the other ones i have gifted to neighbors but i think where you're at that's a little bit more frowned upon unfortunately yeah. to this current point but Maybe someday you'll uh, be able to get that local community going. There's a couple of our friend stickers I want to shout them out. ATG, Tau, Sour Diesel Tangy. But yeah. You got a crispy one on there. Cheers. Crispy and cocoa for cannabis. And uh, see, that's our and first like That Fluence light, first one we ever bought, paid like a buck a micromole for that damn thing. It was a great light, but... Uh, and then we got our Canatrol stickers. You guys all probably have a sticker door too. The Medic Grow. Mine was a garbage can, and now it's taking over a little uh, TV stand. I have a sticker door. I've, I've, I'm just getting ready to start a second sticker door. I've already have a sticker cabinet. My wife asked me, "What are we going to do when we move? Uh, if we ever move, are we going to take the door with us?" And I, that sounds like a good idea. I think yeah, I am. they're cheap enough I'm to replace. I mean, yeah, take it off the hinges. It's quick. Two bolts, bam, bam. Slot the new one in. Even if probably I just uh, give you more deposit back. Even if I just take the old door and lean it up against the wall, I'm keeping that fucking door. The way to go. That's why a door is a good one. I, I, we did the uh, garbage can because I was like, you know, you're going to need a garbage can at the next place. So figure, at least for like the, the living room option, the one that has to sit out. Uh, some people are fancy and put them in a little cabinet or whatever. Get them out of sight, out of mind. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's nice to have stickers to show off some of the history. I'm like the world's worst uh, person at selling seeds. I don't even have like a logo for a package. I just keep it as minimal as possible. Just literally a seed vial. And you get the information on the website. I'm not fucking, no stickers, no, uh, I, I don't know people love that shit, so I should probably get up on it. But it's uh, one of those things that I have not gotten to quite yet. My packaging is is minimalist, to say the very, very least. 
Hey, man, this plant right here has some massive calyxes on it. I don't know if I'll be able to get it in there. I thought that was pretty wild. They're like, uh, some of them just seem abnormally large. Why can't I get that in there? The hell am I going wrong? There's one right there. They just seem, uh, I don't know, for the plant size and everything, uh, they were huge. At first, I thought it was some kind of a, a pollen sack. I hurry up and started moving everything and looking, but I uh, always look at different things like that to see, watch how they develop. But that one seems to have bigger than normal, especially, I don't know, it just seems different. They did look pretty big. I agree. I mean, compare this plant got pink stems or purple stems too, man. So I do definitely, I definitely got to change something. To try spin, to see. spin that around. Is the underneath what color is underneath that? Underneath that petiole. Is it just as dark underneath it? Yep. Or, yeah. Yep. The whole way down. Now over here on some of these other ones, I'm not good with the camera, man. But some of these other ones are yeah, only see, that one's green. What's yep. your EC in and EC out? It's funny you ask. We're at about a one five, one six, maybe at most. Okay. I mean, I think maybe you could, we you could probably come to, down a little bit. I think you could even go up a little bit or just adjust the NER. Like if, if you're a little bit lower in calcium. Yeah, you could drop nitrogen so, a little bit and add calcium up a little bit. What about what was the light levels like? I'm just I'm I'm sorry I had to go to the bathroom. That's why I disappeared for a minute there. But what were the light levels on the inside of the canopy? That's generally where it's the highest. And it looks like that your petioles were like all the way red, all the way around on the ones in the inside, but on the outside that tends to be just you know the underneath were more green, where the light is usually lower. The highest reading in the middle was like eight fifteen, and the outside. The highest oh, reading is fifteen. Yeah, I'm not oh, pushing. No, that's them. not bad at all. That's, that should be all right. I actually feel the EC's a little high myself. I think I was going to maybe try to back it off, but all in all, I'm not upset. They're pretty sticky. They smell good, and every tent's a new a new thing. You know, you watch them, kind of learn. We don't grow from clones here in Pittsburgh. There's nowhere to buy clones. Yeah, we're, just being, we're just being fussy. It looks beautiful. We're just being fussy. You know us. We're just trying to make everything perfect every time. In the same way. I often overlook the good just to focus on the one thing that I think that I need to improve on, you know? And then sometimes you, know, you got to check yourself, right? I mean, it's a pursuit of perfection. And in doing that, you usually, it's like uh, if you're shooting at a target, they say aim small, miss small. So yep. with growing with like a, a plant, you're trying to basically aim for like the 10 out of 10 so that you can hit the 9.5 out of 10. You know you're not going to get a 10 out of 10 because it's damn near impossible to have like a perfect run. You just try yeah. to get it. And then every single run, you could be like, oh, you know, I could have watered it a little bit sooner on that one. Or maybe I could have dialed my nutrients down or up a little bit more. And you just keep on tweaking, dialing it and get like 1% better, 1% better. And even when you fail, even if a plant dies, like I just had to cut a plant because I fucked up before I went on vacation. There is stuff to be learned. I, I think of it as like not a, a something to beat ourselves up over, but something to uh, learn from, and we can take that and try and make ourselves better in that next run. Maybe what we thought was a ten out of ten when we first started growing is really like a eight or a nine out of ten, and you might knock it out of the park one run so hard you're like, holy shit, my ten out of ten has actually increased in in uh, scope because I grew something that was so good. I had never experienced anything that good before, which like some people out there will have happened to them because maybe you didn't have access to great cannabis before you started growing your own, which a lot of people 
they might think that they had good cannabis. They might have spent top dollar to get the best cannabis that they could. But when you grow it yourself and like you pick a really good breeder and you take years maybe, or even just like you could just crush it on your first run. Like sometimes people literally knock it out of the park on the first run. They're like, this is the best shit that I've ever had. So it's uh, totally worth the effort. Agreed. What's well, uh, how do you go around? What what's uh, one that really rung your bell, uh, smart and crispy that like you grew that kind of stood out to you and in, in the past few years of growing a uh, strain that kind of made you think, wow, this is like a something special or unique that I hadn't smoked anything like yeah. that before. Um, we were just talking, you know. I really there's a couple, man. We grew towel shit. I'm smoke. We got Stacy right now in a jar, and she she smells. It's man, it's wild. Is she? changed a little bit but she has a blueberry kick to her when we chop her up though she turns to more of like a fruit loopy smell or something love that i've loved all tile strains the uh stacy the violet beauregard and amy aces those are all killer man and i'm not just saying that because i like town he's my friend our friend uh it's legit i actually was worried when i was growing his chest thinking if this turns out bad i'm gonna have to say like it sucks and it might have been my fault or whatever but all three of them's been gold and i'm so relieved and it's wonderful but that one back there is one that we're regrowing that's the ghost train haze really very much like that and then we had that apple fritter that was one of my favorites the apple fritter was real terpy man hard ass buds and just i loved it my wife's downstairs. Stuff. Yeah. Apple fruit is a popular one too, for sure. And uh, glad that Tao stuff worked out well for you. It seems like a lot of people, myself included, have grown and enjoyed his stuff. As Ophelia, um, Emily grew some of that out. That was really nice too. Oh, yeah. She was mentioning that in the chat one day that she really enjoyed that. I'll say this. If you get seeds from someone like Tao or like I don't know, myself or anybody else who's on this panel, who tends to seem like they're a little bit picky about who they select with their breeders. And then they like take a little bit of time and only put out a handful of strains. You can pretty much guarantee yourself or, you know, have a good likelihood of finding something really enjoyable in, in those packs. Because I used to think like, oh, there's these people that, you know, you spend two, three, four times as much for these packs of seeds and they have really good hype and marketing and cool packaging and cool name. And a lot of people swear by this one is the best washer and this is the best breeder yeah. of whatever. And then like I would grow it and I'm like, yeah, you know, it's good. Six, seven, eight, maybe a nine out of 10. But then like I got some stuff from like the homie and it was just like 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, nine out of 10. I was like, holy shit. Like he's just like this random guy that I met who put a lot of work in and like nobody really talks about his stuff, but it's way better than the shit that I was getting from this dispensary is way better than the shit that I was paying way like big money for some of these seats. And, uh, it's just amazing. I, I do want to give Brandon Russ a big shout out, shout out to Bokashi earthworks. Uh, Brandon Russ had to get going and, uh, he had some family stuff going on. I didn't uh, see the message before he ran out. So cheers to Brandon. Thank you so much for everything you do for us in this community. Yeah. And shout out as well as what we're the same topic we're on right now. And you're looking for quality seeds. <laughs> there you go. Brandon Rust on Bokashi Earthworks. You can find some of his work there. And that's awesome. Just like what Jack's saying. He's another one of those breeders. He doesn't charge you an arm and a leg. And he's got excellent, excellent gear that other people with that same gear would be charging twice, three times, four times as much. So shout out to Brandon, man. Yeah, definitely don't um, do make the mistake of like, 
you know, sometimes the luxury pricing makes people think that it's you pay more, so it's going to be better in the seed game. I think that sometimes it can even be the opposite. <laughs> Unfortunately, you pay more, you might not get as good of a product as you might get from somebody who's humble and realizes that like when you're doing direct to consumer, even at the prices that he's doing, he can, you know, make some money and afford to, you know, share some good genetics with the people and put some really fire stuff out. I've seen a lot of people grow his stuff and be really happy with it. So I think, uh, I'm not sure if Oki Grower, were you growing some of his stuff? Was I think um, Blueberry Squealer might be like a cross of something that he might have worked on, but I think it might be for somebody else. I know. Yeah, the Blueberry Squealer is uh, is Blueberry Train Mac cross to a uh, Blueberry Muffin from Humboldt Seco. That sounds like a cool cross. I love it when people do that. They take like two different blueberries, cross them together, and then you really hope that you get exactly what you got, which you're saying you got the blueberry candy. That's what people hyped about the Humboldt Seed Company. But then some people say they grew it and they got some floral stuff or whatever stuff that's not uh, blueberry candy that they're looking for. So I'm stoked that in their, that cross it worked out for you because it's not always that way. Sometimes you get something called blueberry squealer and it smells like gasoline <laughs> or something like that, you know? So... And sometimes it smells like gas when you harvest it, and then six months later, it uh, smells like blueberry. In the case of my Doc Holidays, which that was a eye opener for me. Those limelights is gassy and limey, and I love it. We got a strain. It's a it's a cross of Brandon's. I think someone else made it. It's a uh, damn. It's three different things. It's black butter reserve crossed with black lime reserved crossed with peanut butter belts. But I gotta say, it's pretty damn good. I don't know what's coming out in it because I have nothing to compare it to. But I think that started, some of that came from Brandon. And you know what else? Brandon sells out his shit, like his Lamarilla and stuff. It sells out in like an hour. That should say a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a really good one too, the Lamarilla. That, that's a good one. That's his OG one. I've got some of his like, kind of like lime cross to lime stuff that uh, I definitely need to pop some of his stuff because I, I'm, Always, whenever, like I was just talking about, when you get seeds from the homies, like so often they're like the nine out of 10, 10 out of 10 type stuff, or at least capability for that, because you see the byproducts that he's growing himself and some of the other people that are growing his gear are finding. And so uh, it's definitely worth checking out some of those genetics if you got them. And there's some Gorilla Glue stuff, which I haven't had in my garden in way too long. So I need to get some of those glue crosses popped. Cheers to uh, Dog Doctor who just joined us. What's up, Dog Doctor? Hi, guys. Good to see you, man. How's it, everybody doing? Good, good. You actually joined right as, as Spartan's going to have to get going to take care of his dogs and uh, head on over to the Michigan Bros Grow Show. So before <laughs> you do your intro, I'm going to pass it to Spartan first to let him say his final thoughts and shout out to maybe his greetings to you as well. Yeah, good to see you, Dog Doctor. Always good to see you. I got. Uh, I usually see you a couple times a week, at least in my DMs. So it's cool to it's always true. cool to see you get on the screen. You need to be on the screen more, man. Get up here more. Thank you. Sorry, just now, my friend. Sorry, just now. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Um, shout out to everybody who came out for the show. I love these shows where we just take questions from the chat and, and answer people's questions. So uh, shout out to the chat. That's why we do this thing. And shout out to everybody listening to this later. We don't shout you guys out enough, but you probably consume more of our content. Jack and I were talking about that earlier. Consume more of our content than even the people uh, watching on YouTube. So much love to everybody listening to us at work or whatever you're doing, maybe in your gardens. So um, let's just keep this keep this party going. Keep popping the seeds and keep growing. <laughs> Much love, everybody. Keep growing, Spartan. Cheers love, to that. My friends.
Always. That's the goal. That's the mission. Overgrow the world. Keep it growing. Keep that grower love alive. Share genetics, share seeds, cuts, and uh, the passion, the education, the knowledge, and just sort of the whole community aspect of this is just keeping it alive and coming here each week, sharing with the people, connecting with more and more people, and getting to see some awesome gardens, a lot of the byproducts of uh, people that have learned from not only this show, but other shows, and uh, the whole volume of experience and knowledge in the community online and offline i've learned a lot of stuff from people like i mentioned uh earlier that are offline i want to give the spotlight here to dog doctor though to show off uh looks like you've got some cool stuff being popped right now this some is my freak. that's the clones yeah this is not going anywhere this is my keeper and she's not going in there the rest is just a pheno hunt i'm doing from seed from a bunch of different uh, genetics this is uh, all from one one seed bank and this from another. This is from Heart Genetics and this is from Anesia. I'm pretty curious to see what's coming out so far. All of them pretty healthy. This one I broke the roots when she was this size and I thought I killed her, but she's by far the biggest of the three of the same. All the rest. Wild how they going, bounce back. Yeah, this. Dude, they're actually all looking fairly uniform, like across this whole uh, little tray here. I mean, yep, fairly similar heights and uh, similar leaf size, and other than the super freaks, obviously, but they, know, different they, genetic. They are all same age. They are about two weeks now, something like this. New year, new year pop. Yep. Yes, sir. Good time this to get is started the new again. Year's pop. And this is the auto flowers that they say they are small plants. Okay. So can somebody explain me this, please? I know I have sweets, not that. Wow, that's a beast. And she keeps going. You can get flower in your veg tent. Grow it out of flower. That's that's a, this is a veg tent, yeah. And uh, she keeps growing. I'd bend her. She was the one over here. When she was this tall, I put her there. I bend her. I put like this just to, to see where she goes. But she keeps growing. I think that now she stopped the bulking. And uh, it's not getting any taller than this. Yeah, just keep her fed. But, she's going to want to uh, be eaten when there's that many bud sites. And that's oh, a she's, massive she's eating plant. every day. Yeah, she has food in there. But I don't think that uh, what, I, what I feed the soil will last for her. As long as it does with the rest of them normally. She's yeah, way I'd bigger. Like maybe some little tiny little extra and maybe some worm castings on there and just uh yeah. ride. I'm gonna have to feed her more strong for sure. This yeah, is almost is, done. That's a huge ass plant with a ton of bud sites. If all of those are gonna get filled out, it's gonna eat everything in that pot. And they are they are becoming beautiful. It's not just oh, like it's stacked. Make, yeah, it's it's, it's stacked not hard. just like I mean and growing is fun, man. Oh yeah. I can you imagine this outdoor in native soil? This thing would be, wild, be enormous. I don't know. It's weird though, outdoor, this... you know, all it takes is like a few bad days for an auto to really throw it off of its uh pace. This is That's looking frosty. Fair. Nice little purple. How's this it smell? This is almost done. This let me check because there are two different smells in here now. Yes, this is the fruity one. I can't distinguish the fruits for now. It's a uh, epsilon, but she's very, very, very fruity. 
and very sticky. And this one, mm, this is herbal, but freshy, not mint, but fresh like like, like mint fresh, but not mint. I can like a mint menthol maybe or uh, not else. no. No, it's 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 when I mean fresh, it's 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 that thing that will open your lungs like a mint does and eucalyptus does. It's it looks like that, but it's not that smell. I can't really explain it. No, I know what you're saying. It might be like a uh, sabinine or one of those other terpenes, it's, like uh, not eucalyptol, but um, there's a few different ones. Uh, not terpenoline. Um, I can't put my finger on exactly which one. Thick enough. I know. Um, she looks ugly. It's hard to pronounce. Just... Uh, Bisabolol, I think, is another one that's like one of those weird. Uh, what? If we're going to not lean at all, not the. Which one you mean? Um, ba -ba -ba -bum. The B B S, but no. B yeah, this one. B this yeah, one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's possible. The one in camel. Sweet floral aroma. Yes, it's possible. Yes, sir. It's possible. That to me smells clean. It like it gives me like this like almost like you're like smelling soap, but there's not soap present. It's yeah. like got a fresh, weird sense of clean to it. I think a tiny bit of limonene can help with that too. It's possible. It's possible. Very curious to see how she will do when dry. Oh, that super freak it, is so beautiful. I'll never get tired fix. of looking at that. Me neither. This is a beauty, like we were talking about, growing different genetics. Like this is actually, you can just visually tell it's it's different. <laughs> like, oh, I I think that's uh, cool enough just on its own regard. But the high to, seems to be pretty good too. No, I managed to to keep her more or less the same high this time. But I vegged these two clones for almost three months together to these points. Which, if you have a perpetual growing and a veg tent, is okay. But if you are a person that uh, don't have that or time or something like that, it takes longer to achieve the same result as you would in a normal pheno. But her uniqueness and uh, the flavors, for me, it doesn't mind the time. Back here, we have a Tropical Tangi from Dutch Passion and the new run for the Jealousy which had a few tops jumping all over, but they look okay and happy, so I'm not pulling the light up as they seem pretty happy in general speaking, so. Let her add. Yeah, I mean, the taller ones, they're still praying, and they're not curving the leaves in, or at least not too much, so. They adjust for the most part, and uh, I think that, like yeah. you're saying, and they're not too close and not getting too beat up. If they're not bleaching, I think that you're really not abusing them too badly. Yeah, and if I bring this up, I will uh, lower PPFD on all the rest, and I have good numbers down there up here. They are a bit too high, <laughs> but again, they can handle high. Not bleaching, yeah, they just get diminishing <laughs> returns. To be honest, as long and as the CO two are... is there, which it seems like you do have a decent CO two. And yes, uh, I do so... in the house, but but uh, and these ones, the jealousy, they are not on the same feed as the rest. As I have them in two small pots, so I can push them as they will probably want more food being closer to the lights and healthy. So I will be able to push this out somehow. 
you want to see where she came from? It's doing the 24 hour sleep, but maybe I can show you like this. Yes, I can. Don't hurt out your garden for us. <laughs> oh, no, no. She's sleeping to go so that I can catch her. I know that she could stay for at least a week or a week more, but she's on a competition and I have to harvest it. So I okay. will test the true genetics expression of her on the next rounds. I'm pretty happy with uh, how she is. And of course, yeah, there's not enough lights. Sometimes it, it turns out just fine when you take it like a week earlier than you normally would. And sometimes even the flavor I find is a little bit better on the early end. The stayingness of the high maybe might not be as strong. but I, I really hope she keeps the profile. She's so strong, strawberry gum smelling. That's all I identify here. It's strawberry gum. It really is, and I That's don't mind at all. I love strawberry strains. I've had a really good raspberry recently, a raspberry gelinate. It smelled just like raspberry candy. Uh, fantastic aroma. I love raspberry strains personally, but we're coming up to that last five minutes in the show. So oh. I'm going to go ahead and uh, drop the spotlight and pass it to our first guests of the evening, uh, Smot Poker and Crispy. Cheers, everybody. Crispy's here with me now, and we wanted to say thanks for uh, letting it was nice to talk to everybody and uh, grow her love. I wanted to mention, Jack, you know, the the chat at your show, man, at you guys' show is second to none. Like you got so many people in the chat that are, like, breeding and that have been doing this for so long. I learned so much just sitting here reading the chat. So I wanted to make sure to say grow her love to them. Yeah, grow her love to everyone here. It's an honor to be amongst great the greatness here. I honestly will echo that. Uh, the chat really makes the show... And it's almost like a show within itself. And if you go back and watch, thankfully on YouTube, it records all the live chat and it saves it and then uploads it. So if you don't come to the live show, you can still watch. If you go on the bottom in the comments, slide over on your phone, it'll say like watch live chat. And um, so that's just amazing. And it's really connected us with an amazing audience. And we've got people from, from all different backgrounds and lots of different experience. So we're thankful for everybody. So thank you, Smot and Crispy, so much for uh, joining us this evening. It was great to have you. And our next guest of the evening was the Dog Doctor. You're still muted, Dog Doctor. I don't know if you uh, realized. I did not realize that. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> I was saying I'm disappearing and appearing. I don't know why this is doing this today. But I'm here. Sorry, so late coming, and thank you for having me anyway, Bart. I'm Dog Doctor. You can find me in the World Diaries as Dog Doctor Official on Instagram. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Chad. Thank you, Jack. Thank you all for jumping in and for doing this. Girls love and have a blessed day. I don't know why I'm jumping in and jumping out. It's not me today. I'm sorry. It's all right. Sometimes Zoom, Zoom gets funny with these uh, backgrounds oh, and everything. I'm back, like that. I'm back. There he is, smoking awesome. the dude. Just wanted to show off the final puffs before you got going. But uh, thank you yeah. so much, Dog Doctor, for showing off the garden. Always great having you. Love seeing that super freak, keeping that thing alive, and all the cool new genetics and everything you get to have on all those different awesome tents you got going on over there. Cheers to you. Thank great you. having you, and great having uh, Smot and Crispy as well. And to our only remaining uh, panelists, before I, I pass it to you, I will say shout out to Oki Grower, who uh, jumped out. But last and certainly not least is Noah the Grower. Yeah, I had a great time uh, checking everybody's stuff out. I uh, I got some really cool stuff, some new stuff in my garden. Uh, I'm going to probably try and show it off next week. 
the uh, NFL playoffs one. As I put in our group chat, I didn't know if I was going to come on, but uh, the game got the Cowboys game got got a lot control. So I thought, what the heck, I'll come on. And uh, I got a new uh, a new sunset uh, sherbet cross with Girl Scout cookie, and then I actually got the original Girl Scout cookie. I've grown it before. But uh, I kind of it just it's if anybody's ever grown it the forum cut it's kind of a low yielder but I'm taking on the challenge and uh, it's actually doing pretty well and uh, I'm excited uh, here and then I'll I'll show off my garden next week but uh, yeah I'm no other girl with two e's I posted a picture of uh, the wedding cake that I had and I'll post some of this uh, sunset sherbet cross I got I'll see you over next week. Always great having you, Noah. And uh, I think even though we talked about like how cookies just sort of bottlenecked the pool a little bit, it's because it was so good. It got hype because like to oh, this yeah. day, it's still like when I smell it in the air, like when my wife smokes it, I come in, I go, damn, what are you smoking? That smells fucking amazing. Like even the smoked cannabis smells fantastic. The ground up or even flour smells great. It is a low yielder. It's a little bit finicky if you give it too much light, a little bit too much nutrients. If you don't clean up the bottom of the plant, it can tend to herm. Um, so it's... It's sort of like a, a Ferrari in a sense, you know, if you know how to drive it and uh, tune it up, you can get it to go high speeds, but there's also some accidents that can come along with that if you're not uh, sure how to handle it. So it's one of those things. I, I consider it one of the uh, sort of classics at this point. I think it came out in the 2000s. So it's almost going on 20 years at this point. It'll be like a classic car at 25 years or something like that. But um, I think that it has been overbred into some of the stuff, even though like what Noah was talking about is probably fire, the Sunset Sherbert uh, cross that he just mentioned to the Girl Scout cookie. I like a lot of the cookies. Like, as you'll find out in 50 Strains of Purple, there is a lot of cookie lineage in there because even though a lot of it's related, there's some distinctions that really make each one subtle and great and unique. Like, biscotti and uh, gelato do taste different than cookie. Just the original Girl Scout cookie, the Forum Cut. I love the Forum Cut. It's one of the best strains for my arthritis. And um, it's definitely fire. So it got its hype for a reason, just like all these other really famous popular cuts, Gorilla Glue, Chem, and all these other things that if you ever get the chance to try the real deal, grown right, you'll realize that. It, that's got is... German poison in it, doesn't it? Sure, yes, sir. Yeah. It it, it really, um, I have a few different takes on the Girl Scout cookie that is too uh, long-winded to get into on the last minute here. But <laughs> we'll have to talk on another show about the whole lineage behind that. Now, it might even break out a copy of 50 Trains of Green because I gave some of the different uh, guesses and thoughts. And I, I think that I'm pretty far leaning away from certain uh, mainstream ideas on that one. So we'll talk more on that in the future. But I am at Jack Greenstock. <laughs> if you do want a copy of that book, 50 Strains of Green, it's available on 50strains.com. Highlights 50 different strains of cannabis. And uh, 50 Strains of Purple will be coming out where I'm going to be covering uh, strains like Girl Scout Cookie that turn purple and the lineages and who bred them and what made them up and all that good stuff. So uh, I'll get in deep dives into that kind of stuff. But you could also get some seeds if you want the Velvet Punch uh, if you're in the U.S. I'm going to be doing a 24% off sale for uh, 2024 through January, maybe through February as well, on all the U.S. orders. So shout out to everybody who listens. We really appreciate your support. We do have an amazing chat. I'm really humbled sometimes by some of the people that, to me, like before we had the show or I saw them in the community, I like had respect for these names. And now they're hanging out in our chat. And it's uh, even the cool new people, brand new people, people that have been around the community for a while. It's just uh, humbling to have every single one of you seeing over 100 names, 100 people on the thing and our chat just flies and flies even on the non q a nights it's like i can't even keep up anymore sometimes but i always love going back at least watching it one time seeing all the people that are in there interacting 
show is all about you guys really and uh we just come here to hang out with such a great crew and community uh each other and all the panelists and the people that listen both live and like spartan said 99 listenership on the podcast so you guys are really dedicated wherever you're at school work whatever it is uh, in the garden cheers to you all listening even the people on youtube if you can only make it for 30 minutes uh, maybe you catch the rest of it at a later date whatever it is you don't even have to listen to the whole show even if you just listen for a few minutes we got much uh grow love for all you so grow love keep it growing and we'll catch you all next week cheers you can find me Jack underscore Green greenstock on twitter i forgot to shout that out i guess it's x now and uh jack greenstock on instagram cheers everybody there's love everyone. keep growing <laughs>